And here we are, starting another conversation, Judah McNeil, me, with Ford, the surfing violinist, Suze. Man, today, I think this is a good, uh, a good opportunity to talk about reverse redact, the art of money. I sort of understand the fiat nature of our money, right? And the fact that it is... It, it only has value or its value is sort of controlled um, by our government and not so much, I mean, a little bit by the market, but uh, the market uh, is controlled by the government. Jesus was presented by some other religious leaders with this, with this uh, question that was meant to trip him up. It's like, oh, we got this, you know, this coin here. Um, you know, should we pay taxes to Caesar or not? He's like, give me the coin. He says, and he looks on the coin. He says, well, whose image is on the coin? They said, Caesar's. And he said, well, render Caesar what is Caesar's, render to God what is God's. Our money, 2,000 years ago, if you think, think about in terms of the innovations that have happened technologically over the last 2,000 years, not much has changed when it comes to money. You know, at least that coin back then was made out of some metal that was precious, that was hard to get to. Now today, our Caesar can sit there and press a button and print more of it. Mm. And yeah. it's it's limitless. There is no there is no time energy that has to be, you know, to mine that money. That money right. doesn't have to be mined. It just can be it fiat, you know, buy and fiat is an interesting word. Let there be, you know, that's the, that's the a god speaking something into existence. It is saying that the state is a god. And that's really interesting because that was what Jesus was saying there. Oh, mm. you know, Caesar has given you this thing. He he pretends to be a god. Um, but but even by saying that, even by Jesus saying, render to God what is God's, that's, that's kind of a revolutionary statement because he has the audacity to say that the state is not a god. Mm. And now we're 2,000 years later, and I just see people left and right pretending that the state is God all the time, from the west to the east, you know, all these debates that we have every single day, it comes down to people believing, like, if we don't have a watchman, who, if we don't have a watchman to watch over us, we're going to end up cheating and defrauding one another. Yeah. So we have to have this third party, this trusted third party. They're human beings. Why are we giving the power of a God to a human being? It's just like us. Yeah. It has just prone to the exact same eccentricities and corruptions and greed and envy that we have, we are putting that in the place of a human being. And the Fed is run by human beings. And they are playing Caesar, but unlike Caesar, they can, out of thin air, manufacture currency. Mm. And, this, and, and that trickles down. You want to talk trickle-down economics? Well, that's where it trickles down from. This notion that work has no value, that we're going to play with monopoly money, we can just print more, it doesn't matter. You know, in uh, I think of uh, the Incredibles. You know that I'm not the biggest Ayn Randian, but that movie is definitely very Ayn Randian in its frustration. You know, here are these yeah. superheroes that have to have to hide their ability <clears throat> because it hurts other people's feelings. And you know, and and this I love this line from Mr. Incredible. You know, they're going to go have second grade graduation or whatever. He's like. It's just like they, they just keep finding new ways to cel celebrate mediocrity. Mediocrity, yeah. You know, does it? We're just locked in this sort of 
willing suspension of disbelief that our trusted third party, the government, knows what it's doing, and we just keep exchanging these meaningless tokens. Yeah. Well, my biggest problem isn't so much thir- trusted third party. I believe in trusted third parties, but not on a global scale, not on a national scale, like on a, on a, uh, I believe in, in a community, you know, in a trusted, a third party community. And, and I believe in accountability, but, but when it becomes global and national, that's, that's, that's called, uh, that's not trusted third party. That's fascism. No, it's, it's religion. You know, it becomes a religion. It's, it's a God of the gaps, you know? And, and the thing is trusted third parties are fine but they need to be subject to other trusted third parties. Accountability, right. transparency cannot happen when someone has godlike powers, when right. someone can declare something by fiat. And, and the other problem is with democracy, our democracy is a joke because you only have you know two choices when all is said and done. This guy or that guy, or this guy, girl or that dude. You know, that's, that's it. That's not a true, but voting, like you should be able to have like a weighted vote. It's, it's not you a know? marketplace. It's not a marketplace. Exactly. And so we have been reduced to either or, and it's evil or, you know, it's Satan or God. And I mean, the really the religious language that has come up every one of these last 20 elections, it's just insane. How It literally has gotten to the point of Hitler or Messiah, Hitler or Messiah. Mm. Now it's getting to the point where it's Satan or God. Like it's gotten to that level of stupidity. I mean, the, you know, the hair pulling out about this, the FCC, Mm -hmm. uh, whichever side you're on on that debate in 2015, when Obama's legislation was passing, this is going to, you know, kill the market. Uh, And this is, you know, a tool of big government. Well, now it's like, oh, well, this is going to kill the commoner. This is a tool of Comcast, who was the almighty God. So it's just, it's always, it's reduced to this religious uh, debate, yeah. and we can't actually have any sort of nuance talk about anything because we've reduced everything to this just extreme hyperbole. And and like you said, if in a marketplace you can actually choose, I'm not going to buy that product because I disagree with them. I'm a trusted third party too, and I'm not trusting you right. with the value. I can take my business elsewhere. Thank you very much. Yeah. You know, monopolies happen when they're in bed with the state, when the state has put so many little. Uh, again, things that are made, decisions that are made behind closed doors, you can't trust a third party that won't open its doors. You can't trust a third party that won't allow debate in the open air. Um, So yeah, we are in this rut. And my theory, my working theory here, my hypothesis, um, maybe it's too not, you know, late enough to call it a working theory, but my hypothesis is uh, paper is about it, it must be supplanted by some other substance. And we're in the paper age. We've been in the paper age since the printing press. When the printing press happened, it was a, it was a tool of revolution. It was a tool of democratizing information. It was taking the power out of the hands of the priests and the people who could write and putting it out there, uh, you know, taking the ha- hands out of the scribes because they're the ones that are, you know, writing stuff down. Yeah, nothing, nothing shows that more better. That You ever seen Newsies? Oh, you know, I've never actually seen news. Oh, okay. Well, in newsies, the spoiler alert, the big, the big turnaround is that they get their own printing press and they're able to print their own paper. Right. And, and that's, that is 
what, you know, when we talk about the good parts of democracy, that's what we mean, you know, getting mm -hmm. the tools into the hands of the people so they don't have to listen to what some esoteric, you know, hall, the halls of power, the ivy tower intellectuals or the religious leaders are dictating to the entire world that right. everyone can be a law to themselves. You know, that was the purpose of the printing press was to get the information out to everyone. Right. right. Um, but now you look what the printing press has become, you know, what paper has become and the two biggest, three biggest tools of paper uh, consolidation of power, re-centralizing power are copyrights and patents, yeah. laws and paper money. And these three things have become shields for people in positions of power. You know, it used to be that books were written to exchange information and give more value. Well, now law books, you know, these books, and they're books, they're not just like, a, you know, a bill, it's a bill right. that's three pages long. No, it's not like the Constitution or the Bill of Rights. It's freaking 300 to 1,000 pages long. No yeah. one reads it. It's written in the most obfuscational language. It's yeah. meant to miscommunicate. The footnotes are where the real important stuff is written, and you can't understand it unless you have a law degree and 20 years of experience interpreting these ciphers. Mm -hmm. So this is... These three things are meant to entrench power. They're not meant to uh, democratize or you know bring value to the world. They're meant to, they are paper shields. But yeah. the thing is paper can be destroyed. And I really believe we are about to, we, we think we've been in the digital age, we haven't. We're mm -hmm. still in the paper age because we have paper money, paper law, and we have paper uh, copyright and patent. And all three of those things will be supplanted by the digital revolution that is coming. Um, I think blockchain and Bitcoin are signs of the times. I don't know if they are the actual thing that will end up working. Uh, they might have some bugs and it doesn't end up working. Um, but something along these lines where actual true immutable math, immutable math can, you know, where two plus two actually equals four, where, you know, it's not just teachers saying, oh, well, you get a, you're 65 isn't a 65. It's actually a hundred because you're a good person. Like immutable math yeah. will make those systems of paper and these, you know, meaningless uh, certificates of passing or failing, uh, you know, what, what they are. And the only way to do that is for people to actually get, you know, hit, hit the books again and actually understand what's going on. Uh, well, that that actually so that taps into kind of a reoccurring theme for me. Anytime we go back and look at a movie or a uh, um, a book or or, or song, uh, every every time we look at some kind of message from our society, the thing that I think attracts me the most is stakes. You brought up the idea of stakes, and to me, that translates into work. Like I. <clears throat> I am most endeared into a story that values the idea of work and uh, rewards hard work and sacrifice. Yep. And I think that's what we're looking at right now. What I hear from you is fiat money, um, the paper money, the art you know, of the dollar bill right now is the, the major problem with it is there is not a, a connection. There's not a direct coral, uh, well, not a direct uh, relationship between the reward and the work. It's, right. it's assigned, it's manipulated. It's, and, and so in the digital age, 
the thing I like about Bitcoin is that it's a reward. You get it by um, providing something like uh, you provide uh, space on your computer. You provide time. You provide the, now they've got uh, uh, you saw that um, the app that uh, Philip DeFranco was pushing that that you can use Bitcoin to reward uh, videos, that kind of thing. Right. Um, right. Is, is that you, what you're kind of talking about? Yeah, I think uh, just in general work is undervalued uh, in a post, what is, what is who to blame? I, I really think John Maynard Keynes is, is the person to blame. If there's somebody that gets the lion's share of the blame, it's, it's that dude. Um, because this his whole philosophy, which all of us, are, we're in that system. We are in the Keynesian consumerism system. It's not Keynesian capitalism. Yeah, capitalism is is, is capitalism and communism. They're just two words that almost maybe shouldn't even exist, because anytime they are tried, a third party comes in and insinuates themselves, and then you know, uh, it's the it's the tragedy of the commons. Really, mm-hmm. both both capitalism and and communism suffer from the tragedy of the commons, because uh, someone always ends up insinuating themselves into the place of power. And what we have in the West is not capitalism at all. It's Keynesian consumerism. You know, whether it was George Bush in, in the White House or Barack Obama in the White House, it didn't matter. Both of them did Keynesian consumer bailouts to yeah. the banks and the people who got these, you know, fraudulent loans and, and defaulted. Everyone who defaulted just got paid. You know, yeah. oh, it's just like you said, we reward failure. Why do we do that in the school system? Because the system rewards failure. Yeah. Oh, here is your golden parachute after causing this mess. You know, and people are saying, is Bitcoin a Ponzi scheme? Um, w- whether or not it is remains to be seen. But I'll tell you right now, the real Ponzi scheme is Keynesian consumerism. And it and it revealed itself in the housing crisis. And it re- and that housing crisis was birthed in the halls of power of Washington with Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac and the credit default swaps of Wall Street. Hmm. Those two things were were intertwined. You want to blame. You can't just blame Wall Street. You know, the the Occupy Wall Street was just woefully ill-suited to figuring out what would, who the real bad guys were because mm. the people behind Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac were just as culpable. When you give a system that rewards giving loans to people who can't pay it off, people are going to double down on that. That was the bubble. And that was what John Maynard Keynes and FDR and Teddy Roosevelt, that was their legacy, mm-hmm. giving us this, this bubble idea that you can just keep printing money, that you can just keep buying your way out of a problem just throw fake money at it mm-hmm. and that will get us better no it's just we're just doubling down on the process um so none of those things prioritize work you know in in either market the consumer market which is just like oh you know uh, we'll give you money and you can buy it you can buy whatever you want like you're gonna buy your way out of the problem uh, because we need money to keep our system going mm-hmm. or the communism thing which says uh all work is equal yeah well, that's just not that's just not accurate. I mean, the real world does not work like that. You know, if you mine, if, if you go out and plant a garden of uh, weeds and, and another dude goes out and plants a garden of apples uh, and you're mad because the guy who planted the garden of apples is is making, you know, people want to come and eat his apples. Oh, but no, but you need to provide for the guy who's planted the garden of weeds. He's working too. Yeah. Well, no, well, you know, the real world called and it says work has meaning. Some work has more value than other work. If you want to sacrifice the value that you could receive by doing something you believe in, that's your prerogative, but you cannot be expected to be paid the same amount as somebody else who's doing something that more people want 
Well, yeah, that's that's it's uh, like you're saying about Incredibles. It celebrates me. It has to celebrate mediocrity, right? Like you can't you can't even celebrate failure. You have to keep it right in the middle because if you have any outliers, you know, oh, they're 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 shake they're they're ruining the system, right. and uh, that's why I love that line in in uh, the Incredibles where he, if if everybody is I can't remember if everybody is this or then nobody yes. is this. Yeah, yeah everybody is. Uh, super than nobody yeah. is. I think that's right. Yeah. 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 And uh, so, but when it comes to Bitcoin though, my fear is, I guess, well, one, I don't know anything about it, <laughs> you know? Well, I mean, I know a little bit about it, but it seems so complicated. And uh, uh, the other thing is, is it seems really popular right now, which always scares, scares me. me. Okay, so two things. So number one, I would say in answer to the complicated part, this is where the stakes and the work come in. Mm. Like, mm. And in order to shoulder responsibility, in order to be every man's atlas, in order for every man to be the atlas of his own destiny, uh, you have to show, do the work. I mean, you have to really get disciplined. And the fact is we can have this conversation because somebody has done the work of programming, yeah. coding. You know, we are in the digital world. Uh, we need to all be learning code I, and to some degree, whether or not we get to the point where we're, you know, becoming the next uh, Zuckerberg or whatever, like, is is not really the point. You know, Steve Jobs was not the best coder in the world, but he understood the space and he became this philosopher poet, you know, in a way. I mean, you can think about him like that. Like he was this champion uh, he was a storyteller is what he was, you know, mm -hmm. but he found a way to tell these stories in such a way that, to give us some of the best products that that we have. And, you know, yeah. there's a lot of things I disagree with the guy in terms of his, the way he ran his business. A lot of things I agree, agree with him on in terms of the intuitiveness of his technology. And we were talking about the beauty of his art. You know, I mean, yeah. I don't think the newer ones are as good as the older ones in terms of their beauty. But um, but, yeah, I think uh, that you have to do the work. It is a challenge. It's daunting, um, but in order to get trusted, trusted, quote unquote, third parties out of the way, in order to not have a Fed that's sitting there dictating, you know, oh, you know, you're going to see this ration, you're going to see this ration, um, we will we'll have to stand up on our own two feet. And that's. Fine. And we'll have to take a risk. I mean, and we'll have to take risks. Those, them's the stakes. Yes. Them's the stakes of the real world. And that's been what the real world has always been. This, you know, living in this little molly coddled sort of thing. And the thing is, we need to understand this is not how the real world is. Okay. Like for the 30% of us who can listen to this podcast and make these kinds of podcasts, uh, the other 70% of the world lives out in the real world. Yeah. They live in that place where the stakes matter, where you could die tomorrow. Yeah. You know, whether of exposure or malnutrition or whatever, like those, them's the stakes. This is the real world. We're all going to die. And, you know, in this Western post Keynes utopia, we've made this bubble. Uh, this is the real bubble. Uh, we, we just, we forget that we're going to die, that the death is coming for every single one of us. And in the meantime, the stakes are real and there are going to be losses. Well, then the other thing, though, is that the thing that sort of scares me about it is the stakes, the risk and all that is I will have to take in the medium of the Internet that is controlled by Google, is controlled well, by Apple. That's you know, why we need to look into it. And this is this is one of the things we're going to have to. We're not only 
you know, and, and so I, I'm definitely leaning towards the Austrian economic school, you know, in terms of, but, uh, you know, the, the liberal side, the, uh, the Occupy Wall Street side, they do have a point. It's not only governments that we have to fear, mm-hmm. uh, it's also corporations. Corporations mm-hmm. are groups of people. They're trusted third parties. Are they actually trustworthy? And I would say uh, not all of them are. Um, so we need to, you know, reduce not only our dependence on the federal government or the state government, but also our dependence on Facebook and Google and, mm-hmm. and all the others and, and Comcast. I mean, that's another one. Yeah. You do want to hold up a middle finger to Comcast too. So all of these people need to be held accountable, you know, and that's, that's the whole point of being peer to peer or having any sort of freedom that you need to be able to extricate yourself from your dependence on those things. And so what that will require is a lot more people in this next generation getting into Linux getting, you know, a computer that they actually own. You know, our, our PCs these days are basically, you know, like this one guy, I'm going to link this talk from, it's called Bitcoin for Beginners by Andreas Antonopoulos. And it's just, it's the most succinct 30 minutes. It, it tells a pretty good, you know, gives you kind of a broad picture of, of what this whole thing is about. Mm. And he says, you know, our PCs aren't owned. Some Russian hacker probably owns your PC. Uh, you know, we download some extension that's corrupted. And so they see everything that's happening on your PC. So there are other things that you're going to have to uh, start to learn. Other technologies you have to learn. Um, more decentralized approach. Some computers that are totally offline, you know, where you can keep your information that it's never going to be able to be accessed. Learning the learning how to actually pres- make a password that is truly protected, that will not be able to be hacked by an algorithm. Um, and these things... Even, you know, and stuff is going to change. We're going to get into the world of quantum computing where these these computers are going to be able to, if you have a, a, a normal word for a password, they're going to be able to hack it. Oh, yeah. Like, no, they yeah. already can. Yeah. yeah. And it's we're getting to the point where even with Bitcoin, like they're going to have to double down on the, the uh, cryptography side. Because uh, quantum computing is going to be even more difficult, but uh, make it make it difficult to put, make a password that actually locks your information. But that. And this is another thing, sign of the times, uh, if Bitcoin doesn't work and it fails, in 20 years, quantum computers will hack every single thing. Nuclear launch codes, they'll figure them out. Yeah. A computer will figure it out. Machine learning, it will figure it out um, without any sort of human interaction. So when people are saying, oh, well, you know, the system's fine like it is. No, it's not. It's on the brink of, we're on the brink of a crazy world. And so what Bitcoin is calling people to do is to be more secure with their data. And- and calling us to that, that you know, again, calling us as individuals to take some responsibility for our actions because the middleman, they're not going to be able to keep up with the Russian hacker. Or, you know, I'd say Russian, but I mean, they can be any, you know, that's kind of the stereotype. But, I mean, those guys are evidently pretty good at math. Um, they figured so, it out. devil's advocate here. <clears throat> um, uh, if I'm – so going, going along that lines uh, – so Google – becomes our government okay say say which i which i i think is a very possible future google becomes our government they hold the keys to the to the bitcoin they hold the highest no, they don't that's not how bitcoin works no right? i'm just so, saying what if they what if they like not hold the keys but like they have the resources to control like you know the the best um, mathematicians like what if what if the hack here what if the redact the reverse redaction here isn't going full board into uh, Bitcoin but actually uh, 
going full board into like you were saying before I, I, we've had a d- discussion before on um, not a show about, you know, that the empire had to go physical in order to not be hacked. What if we need to go oh, right. physical primitive? What if we need to go cabin in the woods? <laughs> I mean, this is getting a little, you know, yeah, right. Well, I just think, uh, you know, the, there is always the possibility that, you know, the true anarchist who hates the world or some, you know, true believer who hates technology tries to destroy everything, you know. Um, but that would require a real concerted effort now at this point. Like, and let's see. Um, or what about yeah, a, an, an amalgamation, like where like uh, some kind of what if the next thing isn't bitcoin it's some kind of and maybe bitcoin is more or could be more like this where it's tied in with some kind of physical real thing you know like i'm almost thinking right now everybody's into bitcoin i'm gonna buy gold you know what i'm saying right um something where uh i i would like to actually i'd like to see more um more stories more um movies and and uh, books come out about, you know, as far as sci-fi goes, the ability to, ta- like, uh, what do they call it? the Internet of Things, something that combines so that we, you can't hack a thing, right? So something, you can't hack an inanimate, inanimate object, uh, something that is an offline, right. something that uses the offline, the power of being offline. I haven't really well, thought through this. Yeah, and, and that's why you, you do really need to read into what Bitcoin is. Basically, what it is, is a very, you know, uh, in, in terms of the back channel, what a, the blockchain does and what a Bitcoin is when it's mined, it's basically a very elegant math problem mm. uh, that's Im- impossible without the key to access the inner the 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 power to actually use it so the, you know there's a very long key mm. um, and so it's you know what they're recommending is you do not keep this key online anywhere so like you can get these uh, third-party devices again you're trusting a third party that they're actually making something uh, that's that's actually going to work and they don't have, you know, some little end around worked into it. Right, back um, door. And this is, again, why it's necessary for all of us to learn more about this stuff. Because in the free market, if a, if a company is giving you something that's defective or they're stealing your money, you can see when they steal it, like, oh, well, then you're never, you're going to go online and, and everyone, all, you know, the system, the peers mm-hmm. are holding that company accountable. So they're giving you a shield that's not working. I mean, this is the same argument we've always had. Like, okay, you want to build a shield. Well, that shield uh, needs to not break when it gets in battle. And if it breaks when it gets in battle and you survive, you're going to go back to that blacksmith and you're probably going to kill the dude, you know, yeah. or you're going to you're going to discredit him in this. In situs. So we have these, they call them wallets, um, offline wallets, and they're impossible for a computer to hack. Like just at this point. Now, again, the technology... Uh, it's escalation, right? There's always going to be somebody coming with a, a, a new weapon to try to break in. But this is why we need third-party access, uh, you know, third-party accountability instead of just trusting the government because the government is effectively hacked. Um, yeah. And, and like the other thing is we talk about a lot. There's a lot of fear about Bitcoin being just numbers on a screen. Well, 
that's what our money is now. I mean, it's not all, we're not just dealing in paper money. We're hardly even dealing in paper money. We're dealing no. with numbers on a screen. And we just trust the bank that, oh, that little ledger, you know, they, they don't have a glitch in their system. Really? Like, yeah. These banks, they're not computer programmers necessarily. Nobody even balances their checkbook anymore. So no. there's so much trust in like that bottom line number on your app and right. your phone. And so they're always going to, is going to be some level of third party trust. You know, we're not getting this system where it's just like you're always going to be, you know, oh, looking over your shoulder at every single person you talk to. Uh, right. We don't do that in our situation now. But the issue is that we think that we need a monolithic center of that third party trust. And I think that that's what must go away in order for us, for humans to enter the next age. Right. Like that, that trust in the, the, you know, the whole point of that book, Watchmen, was who watches the Watchmen, right? Mm -hmm. Like who watches the people who have the power to, you know, well, not necessarily trustworthy. You know, there's, there's ample proof and the, the big bailouts were the perfect proof to me when it comes to the financial situation, uh, that they are just not trustworthy. We need to watch each other and we need to watch ourselves. And I think that was where it definitely comes down to, um, you had a second question there. You're, you're talking about the difficulty of the work problem. Um, and then you're also talking about the popularity problem. You know, yeah. Bitcoin has become so popular. It's kind of a hype. It's kind of a frenzy right now. Uh, is it even a safe thing to trust in? And, you know, I, I believe that it is because uh, of the technology behind it. And this is, you know, it's prompted me to go into a career change. Like, I'm going to go all in on this programming thing, at least to understand it better um, and try to make some of my own stuff because software, I mean, it has, it has changed our world forever, you know, for the last 30 or 40 years. Um, but most of us just don't understand the inner workings of it. And, you know, previously I was looking at, oh, I want to, I want to uh, make movies. You know, that was, that was my favorite thing, storytelling and all that. And so I learned the inner workings of that. But I learned pretty quickly that the Hollywood industry suffers from the same uh, just fiat. I mean, you could call it just just fiat. Oh, this person has the power. And so right. therefore, he is a trusted third party and should direct this movie. And you get knee deep in the movie. And you're like, this guy is not a trusted third party. Mm -hmm. uh, and, you know, I mean, they look at the what's happening in Hollywood right now with the sexual harassment allegations. Like so many people just get. Uh, you know, just shuffled along as successes because they made money. Uh, David Goyer. <coughs> David Goyer. <coughs> Sorry. <laughs> so um, it it's going to, again, require a lot of, on my part, shifting in my thinking and looking at software development from a new angle uh, because this is going to be the paper of the next century. It's going to be the, if we are a paper civilization built on foundations of paper, we are a civilization based on, on the foundations of code. Uh, the nice thing about code is you can tell when it works or not, you know? And so Bitcoin has had a lot of people who've come in and tried it and it's, it's survived nine years of attacks one way or another, where people have come in and tried to take over and they had one bit of bad code in their code and their idea crumbled. Bitcoin kept going and now that person's discredited. So it's it's a much more meritocracy based system where, you know, the math, if your math doesn't work, then you're not going to take over. Um, how yeah. how fortuitous or, or interesting, ironic that math is going to be the, the, the future. You know, like I I, felt, I feel like we were getting to a place where math was dying. 
and now right. it's being resurrected. Uh, we're gonna soon. We'll be our survival will be based on our our ability to do math. Well, and the thing is, I mean, if we're really honest and look back through history, I mean, math has kept people alive for millennia. I mean, you look at like how they built the pyramids. Uh, math. They didn't yeah. build that with. There wasn't a god or aliens that lifted those stones up. I mean, I mean, some people may believe that, but uh, you know, ultimately. It was math that made those sorts of things possible, even in what we would call primitive societies today. And again, like the risk associated with that, well, if you're on the wrong side of this lever, this pulley, you're crushed dead, you know? So like back then it was, it was do or die, right? And we are in a, in a place now where uh, it's, it's getting pretty uh, serious. And it's not just, you know, a social network and video games anymore. Uh, and kind of like we talked the other week about Ender's Game, uh, you know, it may actually get to the point where math is where our wars take place. Yeah. And that's, that's an evolution. That's good. If math is where our wars take place, uh, and we can you know, decide it with a video game and we have irrefutable proof that there's no glitch or cheat going on, um, which requires, you know, again, a lot of third party, <laughs> uh, investment that requires a lot of individuals chiming in and saying, look, this math isn't going to work. And look, oh, we ran the code. You're right. It doesn't. Um, often, you know, often that is what, uh, when it comes down to it, what I, um, whenever I see there's something wrong with a movie, to me, it's almost like the math breaks down, you know? Yes. And it's, it, you see a bug in the code. Exactly. You can't really put your finger on it, but it's exactly. because when you go and look back, the math breaks down. It's not, the equation does not work. And, and make no mistake about it, storytelling has an equation. Yeah. And, you know, and the reason why they're able to turn this stuff is because they happen to define the magic, you know, uh, number for that, that time period, a magic algorithm for that you know, system of events and current events and whatnot right. uh, in culture. Um, but then when you see how the movie is made, you're like, oh, well, the math in the production is definitely messed up. Like that dude's getting $10 million and that dude's getting a thousand. What? Like, you know, you're talking about uh, for a, for a industry that loves to pretend that it's communist or socialist in nature, just watch how a movie's made. You want to talk about one of those greedy, uh, weird institutions that is haphazard and doesn't make any sort of meritocracy sense. Right. Uh, it's it's Hollywood. It's show business. Like that place is upside down and twisted around, and it doesn't actually make economic sense when all is said and done. It's it's yeah. odd how it how the money works its way out in the system. Yeah. I, uh, the thought just came to me that my favorite things in life are where, um, chance meets math, the marriage of chance and math that to me, right. that's what makes a great movie. That's what makes a great football game. That's what makes it good. You know, right. Chance and math and work. Like you said, work. you know, yeah. I think, you know, it's our, we, we value those heroes that do the work, you know, well, that actually, Work is what brings something. chance and math together. That's the glue, right? Because right. Uh, like my grandpa always used to say, uh, uh, the harder I work, the luckier I get. Right. Yep. That's true. Um, as far as I, I kind of, you know, I'm just kind of going in all different directions here, but you're talking about there's so many people involved in it right now. Uh, so many people being involved in it is normally a danger. I mean, that was the danger with the credit default swipe hype and the, uh, the irresponsible loans hype of Freddie Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac. It's been the problem with the Silicon Valley bubble. 
Uh, and most people look at this and see this as just an extension of the Silicon Valley bubble. Mm -hmm. um, the difference, in my opinion, is that it's actually a specific technology in the same way that bronze was a specific technology and supplanted stone uh, or, you know, gave power to people who could beat stone in battle. It was a uh, different technology in steel when steel and metallurgy and uh, gunpowder came into the scene. Well, that beats just uh, what came before, you know, that beats bronze, um, you know, guns beat swords. So these, these are technological innovations that everyone adapts in warfare in order to compete. And I think we've been looking at rhetorical arguments to try to fix the system when really it's only a technology that's actually going to solve the problem. And Bitcoin is not a currency, it's a technology, it's a protocol. And so what people are investing in here is the protocol. They're investing in the steel that will overthrow bronze. Uh, so they're investing in the digital algorithm, algorithmic math problem that's going to overthrow the paper algorithmic problem, which is, is not an algorithm. Not, that's the wrong word. It's uh, the paper lock, you know, the paper locking mechanism. The paper you know, machine. The paper machine. Like when you read the book of you know, whatever bill that's passed and you're like, I have no idea how to interpret this exactly. You'd have to go through law school in order to be able to unlock this book. Oh, yeah. um, and so it is, but it's, it's a shield of paper. Again, if you just say, I render this moot, this is a bunch of garbage in the same way that the uh, crown was a bunch of garbage. That substance was a bunch of garbage and uh, you know, us Americans aren't going to stand for it anymore. Well, you know, they're Satoshi Nakamoto, whoever this dude or dudes or dudettes was back in 2009, when the first Bitcoin mine block was mined, the text of that was, uh, let's see, uh, oh, I actually don't have it wrong, but um, it was a reference to the bank bailout in 2009 that was happening in uh, Britain. And so Satoshi Nakamoto, rather than going and petitioning government like I did back at that time, like, oh, we shouldn't be doing these frivolous uh, you know, bailouts to, in order to get us out of frivolous loan trouble, um, in order to do, and instead of doing that, instead of writing on paper, he wrote in code and, and mined something that I think will prove to change the world forever, whether or not it is Bitcoin, if that is the final, you know, the log jam that undoes this absurd jam, or, you know, the log that ends up moving to undo the jam. I'm not sure, but I think, Pandora's box has been open and the peers, you know, the group of people that are working on this, uh, trying to figure it out. Um, there, yeah, people are going to figure it out and it's, it's too late. Like the existing systems are not going to be able to withstand it. The paper money and, you know, numbers on a screen are not going to be able to withstand this immutable math that, uh, that's being done now. So that's my theory on it. I love it. And uh, I, I'm on board with you, man. This, this sounds, um, this is exciting and it's an exciting time. Yeah. And I, uh, you know, caution is due for anyone who's looking to invest in Bitcoin It's extremely volatile. It'll change pricing of $3,000 in a day. Uh, so if you are looking to invest in it, you know, do your reading. Uh, I'll include a link to Andreas Antonopoulos, uh, his, Bitcoin for Beginners video, and then a list of people that I consider trusted third parties um, to some degree on Twitter. Uh, Twitter has been the place where, where Bitcoin understanding has grown more than anywhere. Mm. And some of these guys, uh, they just, they have a really interesting perspective on it. 
And there's a great video by one of these guys who has been there since closer to the beginning. And he gives some real sober advice about it. Like, don't just think of this as a get rich quick scheme. Um, because, and you know, for him, he's like, I, I'm, I'm willing to die for this. Like, I believe in the protocol that much. Like, I think a power has to be taken out of these untrusted third parties uh, and put in the hands of the people. And so I'm, you know, he's, he's all in, he's, he's going Bitcoin coin. He's never going back. And so, and I actually believe that guy, I think, and that's the people that I kind of trust. Um, mm. They're, they're going into this fully and saying, you know, this system has proven itself not trustworthy. And so we're, we're off, we're getting off the boat. Um, and for those, you know, and he even says, you know, don't invest everything like yeah. unless, uh, unless you truly believe in the technology, you're not doing it to make money. Mm -hmm. Like you're doing this to like when it, when it was all said and done and you have no money left that you're willing to start back over and try something else. Right. Like, you know, you're, you're, you're investing in this, um, as, as something more than just a get rich quick scheme. Cause if you're in it for that, like it's going to be a really scary five years. Um, so yeah, just Interesting. be careful for sure. And as you should be with yeah. any investment. Yeah. Yeah. Don't think of it as a lottery and <clears throat> I wouldn't even think of it as a stock market at this point. I would think of it more as, um, you know, a challenge to the system. Um, and it's one that uh, we'll see. You know, I'm, I'm optimistic that it will, be able to make it through and and result in some change it might it might not be the watershed event that i made it out to be it might not be the, the printing press but i think it is a step in the right direction amen and for me my investment at this point is going to be time time yeah. and research that's uh, the better way to do it at this point like i think new industries will form around this technology uh, in whatever way that it comes. And so I think it is better to invest time because, you know, what else are we spending, you know, it's, create, treat it like a pastime for now, uh, yeah. to try to learn it, uh, you know, let it supplant some other thing that you were kind of getting tired of. For me, it's like traditional sports have just lost their total interest for me. So, uh, you know, Bitcoin is, is a good way to intellectually stimulate me and, and get me thinking about new things. Awesome. How can we bring it down to the granular practical to our own lives so for me it's uh been trying to learn some code so uh very practically the best thing i found for that so far uh and i'm willing to hear back from the audience of what they use but um as a beginner there is an app called solo learn uh and they used to be they used to be like 20 you know or these different apps and they were all code uh dependent each one had its own code that it would teach you well so now they got this one where all of them are in the same place so you can do html fundamentals css python 3 javascript c++ c++ is what bitcoin was put, coded in um, and python is useful for bitcoin as well php sql uh, java swift c sharp ruby and jquery so all these things are in one little place and the great thing about it is it's real incremental in the way it teaches you mm. and uh it's a you know it's just a bot you just go through and you you know read the part do a thing and while you read the part you can actually test the code yourself you can go in and change the code and immediately see if you're writing the code correctly you can run it and it'll show up right on your phone as if it's a web page mm. um or, or as if it's you know an output of the program uh, so it's been real helpful for me. I think it's a good start. You know, uh, I was starting to get into getting some books, but books, 
you know, we're just so we're an ADD culture. And so this is a nice ADD way to, you know, you have a few minutes, you work on a little bit of code and you, and I'm surprised by how much I've retained just over the last couple of weeks using. It. Would you say it's kind of like the Duolingo of coding? Uh, maybe I haven't actually done much oh. Duolingo. I think I got into it a little bit, but yeah, I kind of lost. Uh, is my it way gamified? Out. Is it gamified at all? Uh, yeah, it is. They have some ways to do that, and they're you know you can put your code up and have people review it and stuff like that. Uh, so I think it's what's uh, the name of the app? Solo Learn. Solo Learn. Okay. So it's been good for me. Yeah, I think that whole and again, this is another reason why getting into math and understanding this stuff is important for our day and age because games are have become a currency in and of themselves. Yeah. And uh, I think it's important to understand how games will play a part in. Uh, in education and in, I think, in the future, maybe even, uh, what do you call it, arbitration. So mm-hmm. I, I think games will will get there. And, you know, I'm, I'm just amazed, like, I can't communicate with my students. Like, I'll, I'll just sit there, I'll have to say something five times, and then someone will still do it wrong, and I'll be like, I just said this three times. I mean, I literally said it three times, and she, you know, you were looking right at me. <laughs> Yeah. So it's just like the the power for language to communicate anything has gotten to the point where people it's just it's show don't tell we're in a show don't tell you know this the adage of cinema has happened yeah. where with games and with UI you know like with phone like you don't actually have to be taught how to use an iPhone it's intuitive if you figure it out right. it's becoming more and more important for people in order to teach they gamify it or they uh, you know learn in the flow of doing it you know it's it's a much more application based sort of instruction i think yeah you have to sort of be an ac- uh, <clears throat> an architect of the of the ui of your lesson yes exactly it, and and it has to be uh, and in order to do that again it requires so much more work than just delivering a lecture I and mean, we're in a post lecture age for sure but it can be more rewarding and fun uh you know yeah. you can make it funny well uh, yeah, for me on a philosophical level, I do want to revisit this idea of um, work and chance and uh, and math. And I, I think uh, a good way to do that is just to kind of, I don't know, I kind of want to go through my days now, go through my day to day and and look for math, you know, look right. for ways. And I don't mean like equations, like numbers, but. Um, look for ways that this plus this was why I love chess. Like you can force people into situations where they have to do this or that, you know, it's math and looking at our daily lives. Like if I do this, you know, it's, 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 it's consequences, right? Right. Exactly. And, and math is a way to kind of get society back into that. You know, we have, again, this, we're in this post sort of, you know, self-esteem world where you can't tell somebody that they're wrong or you can't disagree about a certain thing and you can't hurt a kid's feelings. But when they play a video game, oh, they get their feelings hurt. Yeah. You know, any kid who plays Dark Souls gets their feelings hurt. Yeah. Uh, any kid who plays League of Legends or Dota online gets their feelings hurt uh, all the time. And it's it's a ruthless environment in which uh, competition is king. And, you know, so you can pretend that this doesn't exist. You can pretend that, oh, we're all happy and we have self-esteem. and But in the meantime, math actually works. And it's right. the kids who are the best mathematicians that end up winning League of Legends. You know, it's, true. it's, it's these Korean kids that are doing the math nonstop. And, the, and when you see it actually play out, you're like, how did he know that was going to work? Yeah. You know, it's just absurd how, they, you know, not just the interaction time, but just the knowledge of I have enough damage to overcome. Yep. 
this complex calculation intuitively done. I, you know, I'm going to subtract uh, because I have this armor penetration and he has this armor and this health and I have this much damage, but I also have this thing, blah, blah, blah. I mean, there's this, we're talking about multi-levels of right going on simultaneously in their in their head while they're playing that's why i am i'm not very good at those games because i relied too much on the psychology and relational aspect of it and chance i relied too much on chance yeah oh yeah me too for sure (laughs) i think most people end up doing i think that's why americans ironically have been the worst at these traditionally we always lose to asia um, because I think our school system has honestly got into this just sort of fiat declaration. Oh, you're good. It's like, oh, yeah, you're number one in America, and that number one in America means nothing in comparison to the number one in China or right. Korea. Like, no, like nothing, not even the top 20, you know? <laughs> like, just, oh, yeah, you're number one, sure, yeah. Tell yourself that, dude. All right. Well, this has been a great conversation. I hope to um, – so next time we're, we're, we're going to get back to – uh, more consumable media. What? Right. What's more consumable than money? But um, no, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and uh, yeah, so we'll, uh, I, I think let's continue to revisit uh, aspects of our our society that are are less um, I don't know media driven and 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 look at mirrors, little mirrors of our society and ourselves. Uh, in in politics, in in all kinds of aspects of our lives. Right. Sounds good. All right. Well, that concludes our show. Thanks, Bob. Have a great Thanks. day. You too. Oh, continue to make your. Wow, I always forget. What, how's it go? So continue reverse redacting. Make your own myth. Ah, using math. Ooh, Ooh. Ooh, we got (laughs) to work math into it. Yeah, make your own mathematical myth. Ooh, I like that. (laughs) (laughs) Now we're getting the left brain and right brain working together. See, that's the the whole whole picture there. Ah, excellent. All right. All right, man.